Oh, times when, uh, when we get that opportunity, uh, not always to shake hands with the Queen, but uh, uh, get that opportunity, and uh, the great pressure is to, is to duck out of it, and yet God will equip us to do whatever he wants uh, at his time, at his bidding. Um, seizing the opportunity, and uh, love that. Uh, I'm sure he broke all sorts of royal protocol in doing that, but uh, there you go. At least he took his hat off. With that amount of hair, I wonder how he got it on in the first place. <laughs> all right, so last time uh, uh, I was talking to you a couple of weeks ago, um, invited you to take that uh, leap of faith and uh, talked about God using us to flip things on their head, change things around, uh, set trapped people free, and uh, set before us the purpose of God that we pray for people and we'll see them healed because that is what God has uh, ordained for us, that we'll love people and see them renewed. And uh, I think we use the term, he wants, us, wants to show us a whole new world. Uh, in this broad place, moving into something uh, which we possibly have dreamed of or aspired to, but living in the, in the goodness and the reality of that. And then, of course, we looked at, um, we only experience that as, as we're led by the Spirit of God. You can't conjure that up. We can't just sort of say, oh, I think we'll just do that today. God has to decide. Uh, and we have to be led by the Spirit of God. One of the weaknesses doctrinal weaknesses, serious doctrinal weaknesses uh, that currently pervades the so-called Christian church is this idea that uh, sort of I will decide and God will simply back it up. Uh, he's kind of there as a, as a sort of uh, uh, monitor or executioner of my plans because that denies uh, the actual sovereignty of God. God is God. And so we have to be led by the Spirit, and we looked at those, uh, those clips about uh, the adventure he takes us on being like a kind of magic carpet. But we do need to be bold. Uh, if we aren't courageous, the Spirit of God may be leading us, but actually we'll be more following the fears that would lurk there rather than the uh, Spirit of God who would lead us uh, in the way that he's got. So... Uh, in these days, the thing that we need. And interestingly, uh, as we look through the scriptures, uh, and we'll look at this in a minute, uh, it was Paul himself. You don't actually, um, don't actually think about Paul as, a, as a, what we call a shrinking violet. I mean, basically, uh, he, he was pretty much in your face. But the thing that, uh, on various occasions, you ask that we... He'd be prayed for for boldness. And at this time, this issue of boldness, particularly when it comes to uh, sharing the gospel. Um, and you remember, if God tells us to do something, uh, it's because he has already and is in the current process of equipping us to do that. We remember that, don't we? There's nothing that God tells us to do that he doesn't give us the the power and the ability to do. Every commandment comes with, wrapped up inside it, uh, God's special power to enable us to do it. 
Remember, we choose to obey what he says, and he empowers us, gives us the ability to do it. We use the example often, he says, I want you to forgive. Dear me, not in that situation. Yes, if you choose to do it, there is no situation in which he cannot or will not give us the ability to do the very thing. So we're on a winner. We choose to do what he wants us to do. We choose to submit to him and to be obedient to him. And in order to live that way, he gives us this amazing, because it's supernatural, power or ability, which means that we can do things that in the natural we couldn't. We can be things which in the natural we couldn't because we're receiving his power, his grace to do the things that he wants us to do as we simply choose to do that. (coughs) Now, as we come together and share like this, there are a variety of things that we do. Um, But it really comes in And I was thinking, I'm sitting there thinking, our purpose in coming together, I'm talking to you now, sharing some things, touching some things here in the Word of God. What is is God's plan? Well, it's simply this. It's, It's to enable, it's A, to show us what he wants, we expect to hear from him, and then it's to actually enable us, grant to us the ability to live in all that he's preparing for us. So it's a kind of... Um, equipping, uh, enabling time where we receive not just instructions and there go out and do it. Uh, we need to know what to do. We need to know where to go. We need to be equipped in that way. But also we receive from him what we need in order to fulfill the things that he's saying to us at this time. So if he talks about boldness, we can expect to receive that. And part of what we're looking at is to understand how that works and what happens. And, uh, you know, thinking about this, um, I tend to, I don't know about you, but I tend to remember things that maybe not at the time, but looking back were bold. You know, they were, and they were a bit more, often a bit more dramatic. I like to think that in the normal course of everyday life, where we make a stand for righteousness, we speak as God gives us to speak, uh, we care as God gives us to care, we, we constantly, as a pattern of life, move out on the things that God's giving us to do. We're led by the Spirit of God. At this time, the particular thing that's emphasized to me for us is this issue of being bold when it comes to actually speaking Uh, telling the gospel, the good news, that God has sent Jesus for us. When when we first moved um, to this area, uh, it wasn't to uh, lead a group of people. Uh, When we moved to Goodmays, none of you were here. Nobody was here. Oh, I mean, other people were here, but... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, you know what? Uh, We left the community. We were working into other communities. But I suppose, looking back, 
That was, a, that was a bolder move to actually come where there was no one. Now, some may have thought we were trying to escape and it didn't work because you all followed us, but it didn't quite work like that. I also think, when I was sitting thinking about this and prompted to think about this, uh, my mind went back again uh, to that hotel room somewhere in the north of California, taking a phone call, uh, basically saying, Richard Cole saying, that we've been offered this um, old building, old school building, to expand the work that God's given us to do. We can only do it in partnership. What do you think? I didn't realize what all that was going to lead to. But I did hear that there was something that God wanted in this, that he would promise, he promised there and then that he would show his power as we stepped out in that, um, that area of being bold and being prepared to trust him and do the things that he said. So there's boldness in different ways. Uh, again, as I was thinking, when we were in one of these, living in one of these high-rise blocks and all the tenants were... Uh, up in arms because they were closing the, the laundry that was part of it and they brought the councillor in and they were basically wanted to crucify the councillor, which, you know, you can have a degree of sympathy for, but it's not polite, it's not nice, we shouldn't do those things, should we? You're all looking as though, <laughs> what's the problem with that, you know? No, we mustn't do that. Hello. <laughs> do you want a bacon roll or anything? Can I get you? Yeah. So I'm sitting there minding my own business and I realise i got to speak out for righteousness. And I, I thought, this is, this is just not right. But I realised I, I need to go against what everybody else was saying and feeling, so I did. And the amazing thing was, I ended up being elected there and then as the chair of the Tenants Association, um, connecting with a number of people uh, in that high-rise block who subsequently came to know Jesus. So, uh, you know, it was, it, it was one of those moments where we have an option to kind of shrink into the background or step forth. And speak as God says. How about this? There was once a young man led by God to share the gospel. One day, he was sitting in the front passenger seat beside the driver who happened to be of, of this taxi, who happened to be drunk and was, in his spare time, a violent gang leader. This gang leader was so bad that people would say about him, if he got saved, there's hope for the devil. <laughs> the gang leader wanted to shut the young man up, but something he said sunk deep into his soul, so much so he hid in his own house for three days without eating, and God met with him, and brought him out of darkness into light. You guess his name, the gang leader's name? Richard Cole. Yeah, yeah. It's a young man being prepared to boldly speak what he knew 
and what he believed at that time. So we're talking about boldness. And I think I would like, again, by the end of today, to invite you to, uh, to make a decision at some place, at some point, where you're going to receive what God gives you to do and step out boldly in the near future. Make that commitment today to be bold at some point and you'll know it. You will know it. If you make that commitment, you will know it. Something will come up and you think, oh, dear Lord, that's the moment. The moment of choice. Hey, what a fun way to live. Hey, what a fun way to live. You know? Oh, dear Lord. What a fun way to live. Oh, dear. It looks as I've just announced a root canal filling or something like that. Imagine. Come on, guys. This is all part of the... You're in a given situation, maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe in the shop. And you've already made the commitment to be bold. And you realise that this is now the moment that you've asked God for. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun of a different type. Fun that is like about living a bit more on the edge. A bit of adventure. A bit of challenge. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we need this boldness. I'm going to define what we mean by it and how we get it and then the result of it. So we need, need for this, uh, this bold thing, this, this sense of being prepared to make a stand. Because we want to see God confirming his word with signs following. We want to see signs and wonders. And of course the greatest wonder in the whole world is salvation. There is no greater wonder than that. You know, that's the most wondrous thing that can ever happen. Certainly the most wondrous thing ever happened to us. And God, when he draws us to himself, when he reveals himself to us, actually implants a desire that we should see others come into that place of great joy and peace. But it also implants the desire that actually he died and he deserves that everybody should come to him because that's what God has declared and ordained. So there are many things that God has given us and primarily, primarily, let's not change from this, our primary responsibility is to show what God is like. I've talked to you about, for me, the personal change, coming from a fundamental background where I felt the primary responsibility before God was to tell the gospel, get people to become followers of Jesus. Well, there's a great value in that, but our primary responsibility is to show what God is like. And God is essentially defined as love. 
And so the issue of loving people, the issue of um, doing that in real and practical ways is something that directs, influences, and pervades all that we do. Romans 10, uh, verse 13 to 15, gives us a directive. Uh, Everyone who calls on the name uh, name of the Lord will be saved. But then goes on to say, how then can they call on the one they've not believed? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone telling them? There's a kind of directive there that God gives to us in his word. Very, very important. How can they preach unless they're sent? That's why being led by the Spirit is so critical. Not this idea that we just just do what we want to do. I mean, (laughs) I may have told you before, but I found that uh, coming from that idea that we just get to everybody and these guys came from... Um, Dave Wilkinson's thing some years ago in Teen Challenge in America. And uh, they, they wanted me to take them away. What, what would be one of the worst places, having come from New York and all this, if you know the story? It's a good book if you haven't read it, Crossing the Switchblade. Uh, it's a bit dated now, but it's certainly still good. It's a book that God used to draw me to himself uh, because it showed me the power of God in a now and present age, not something that was stories of long ago. And this guy said, oh, take me to, to the worst place. And I thought, well, I don't know, Soho. So I took him to Soho. And I'm thinking he's going to start speaking to everybody and anybody that he can. And we walk past all these people, the pushers and prostitutes and so on and so forth, until a certain point he said, ah, this is the person. And I... I, I just didn't compute with my understanding. I thought, well, no, you're supposed to speak to everybody you possibly can. And I learned from that that being led of the Spirit is different to just having my own crusade and my own view and my own way. And, of course, it was far more fruitful and effective uh, doing it God's way. Then he says that we are to be his witnesses. We are to be the ones who show and declare what he's like, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is Acts chapter 1. And you will be, it's not about you will do witnessing, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it's part of his plan and his choosing. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. Help me out. You know how to help me out? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? You just turn to somebody next to you. So you're one of those then. Chosen by God to be a witness. <laughs> Furthermore... Can we agree with this? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not going to 
pretend I'm not associated with it. I'm not going to try and hide it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Yeah? Yeah? I'm going to try it again. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who will believe, who will submit to it. Mm. It all needs boldness. You see, guys, let's, let's come back to the truth. We are not purveyors of good advice. We are the people who carry good news. It's not just an advice system. This is news. This is something which is critical and vital. And neither are we engaged in trying to make some kind of uh, bridging mechanism between this world and the church, the representation, representation of God on the earth. We're not trying to kind of bridge the gap. We're not trying to just, well, this is kind of how you know. We're showing what God is like. We're demonstrating what God is like. We're called to do that. We're called to show his love. But we're not trying to make a kind of uh, easy pathway to sort of slide in. That is not how it happens. And that is not what God calls us to do. I'm not trying to make the world and church closer. Look, the truth is, we are either rooted in Christ or we are held captive by the enemy. There's no in-between. We're either in darkness or in light. According to the Bible, we're either dead or we're alive. I mean, there is a very, very distinct difference. There is a very real gap in between. It cannot be bridged by kind of uh, trying to make some sort of good ideas and solutions and moral and what have you. It can only be changed by the power of the gospel. It can only be transferred from darkness to light by the cross of Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And we have that message. We have that revelation. We have that responsibility. And in these days, there is a, a, an emphasis that I am seeing and picking up, and I'm sure you're sharing with me, of the Spirit of God that says we must not change from the demonstration of the heart of God, but we must not back off in terms of declaring the requirements of the cross, the requirements that everybody make him Lord of all. That is the gospel. That is the thing that changes things. We can do all sorts of things that demonstrate the goodness and heart of God, but if we fail to be clear in communicating the powerful word of the gospel, we miss out on the purpose of God and we do not serve people in the way that we should. In fact, we keep the greatest thing away from them. The greatest need that anybody has is the need for Jesus. It's the only way. There's no other way to be reconciled to God. We know this. We just have to make sure it's forefront in our thinking and understanding. 
There are many good things that we can and should and will do, but there's only one way to be reconciled to God, and that's through Jesus. Any social action without Jesus, and this is a little phrase I picked up a little while ago and I liked it, is like a signpost to nowhere. We have to make sure that we are being complete in our representation of him. Problem is, very, very difficult to kind of make, make Jesus fit, make the truth of the gospel fit with the Equalities Act or human rights. You know, there may be good in those things, but let's never think that there is any place that they, that they can possibly substitute for the truth of the gospel. Let's also remember, and I keep coming back to this because I think this is important in what we're saying, that we are living under a great command, the great command that we love one another. As I have loved you, Jesus said. And that causes us to recognize people as real people. Those who Jesus gave his life for. Be aware of real needs and felt needs. Of course, it's in the very heart and nature of God that we want to alleviate all suffering but we never want to ignore the need to alleviate eternal suffering it's absolutely critical so we need the words we need the works and we need the wonders and i say again the greatest wonder is this wonder of salvation interesting hmm So hard, so difficult. Really? Some of you are saved. <laughs> Look around. Yeah, so hard, so difficult. You know? God reached us. Did he stop? Was that the end of it? Not according to what he says. We've got to keep, because otherwise we can get caught into a mindset that says, oh, this is, this is, this is very difficult. But I think it's good you know, to look around. You know? I mean, if Neil Jakes can get saved... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me move on quickly. Uh, I've stirred something there. <laughs> but we have this great command, but we also have the great commission. The great thing about a commission is it is that. It's a, um, a releasing an authority, 
authorising... <laughs> no, no, it was only water. <laughs> authorising from God himself. And I don't know about you guys, but I can get used to it. But I want to come back to realising I have been commissioned, authorised, equipped to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to make disciples of all nations. You know, that is a commission from God himself. And it comes with the ability to do that, the authority to do that, and his promise to be with us, which is pretty special. Boldness, what am I talking about? All right, let me give you a little uh, bit of definition. Uh, Joyce Meyer says, Courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is actually forward motion in the presence of fear. Yeah, quite like that. I like that other phrase that we've used, you know, uh, faith and fear live next door to one another in semi-detached houses where the walls are not that good. And in the house of faith, you can hear the mumblings of fear next door. But we live in a different place. What does it mean if we talk about bold or boldness? Daring, courageous, brave, cheeky. That might fit some of us better. (laughs) Cheeky. And for those of you with a greater vocabulary, intrepid. Isn't that amazing? Come to these meetings, you get vocabulary lessons, everything. Where is Christina? We'll need to pull her out of the children's room. I can't have him sitting here without her. Guys, we're not talking about weirdness. You know, Christians have managed to take a lot of truth and cover it with weirdness. I'm not suggesting that we walk up and down Ilford High Street with a sign on our back saying the wages of sin is death. Or I'm not suggesting on the way to work that when you get on the train and it comes to a station that you stand up in the carriage and declare uh, Jesus is the way to life or whatever. Unless God shows you to do that, then that's great. I mean, I'm not talking about... See, we mustn't think that boldness means weirdness because we just need to do the thing that God leads us to do. But we also need to recognise the message that we have is not logical. I'll talk a bit about this uh, in a couple of weeks' time. It's not logical. In fact, the Bible itself says um, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are not believing. It's foolishness. It's not logical. can't be worked out. But to us, who are being saved, it's the power of God. See, it's a completely different perspective on it. There are two words. In fact, 
Actually, there are four words in the uh, original that are translated into our one word, bold, or boldness. And if you go back and you look at the original Greek, there's, there's four words. Uh, and it, it actually gives a, a broader picture when you look at the original words. And uh, it's sometimes helpful. And the first one, I'm just going to pick up two at the moment. The first one is uh, thario. I'm not, a, not about Greek, so it might be pronounced something else. But uh, thario, or something like that. And, and that word is translated boldness, um, but it actually has a meaning of confidence in something. In this case, it's confidence in him. And it's the word used in Hebrews 13. So we say, with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? There's that, that confidence that we are in him, that he is with us. It's the same word, boldness. And then the next word I pick up in the Greek is the tomeo, which is about um, going out boldly. And I think that's, that's an important order. The first is our boldness, our confidence of being in him and him being with us and, and being for us. Uh, the second one is the going out boldly. Um, and uh, uh, it speaks in 2 Corinthians 10. Um, Paul says this, it's interesting. I beg, that, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be. He's talking about kind of putting the cat amongst the pigeons uh, and uh, giving them a bit of a rocket, uh, but with a, with a boldness, but coming out of a confidence of who he speaks for and who is uh, behind him and leading him and taking him forth. Acts chapter 4 puts these things together in verse 13. When they saw... The courage of Peter and John realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men. They were astonished and took note. Uh-uh. They've been with Jesus. They took note. They've been with Jesus. See, the confidence, the boldness, the courage that they had because of where they'd been, the presence that they'd been in, and that is critical. It's... It's great to hear stories of, uh, of people stepping out, speaking, speaking the truth, taking the opportunity. And uh, I was just hearing, uh, Jamie was telling me uh, in the youth uh, Friday before last, and they were dealing with the gospel message, actually. And uh, uh, one of the youth, and it's Charlotte, brought a, a friend. And then one of the one of the guys uh, had a word of knowledge for this friend. And he stepped out and, and brought it. And it was, I mean, the friend told Charlotte afterwards, absolutely kind of spot on. That's what we want. But it don't happen unless there's that stepping out, that, that boldness. It's so uh, very, very important. I guess God's love for and his desperation to save the lost is more important than fear. 
All right. You understand what it is? Do I need any longer on that? Good answer. All right, so how do we get it? Anybody interested? Yeah? How do we get it? Okay. Uh, We can try all sorts of things. We can try and pump ourselves up. We can try and tell ourselves a story. But this is how we get it. And sometimes it seems too simple and we look for something more complicated. The Bible tells us we receive that as we're filled by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that we should constantly be being filled. Yeah? Kind of, if he says that, it must be possible. It must be available. Acts 4.31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and guess what they did? Spoke the word of God boldly. It's an outcome of the Spirit of God coming upon us, us being filled with the Spirit of God. say that's a bit simple yeah how about this one probably even a bit more simple pray pray Ephesians 6 19 also pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel Acts 4, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Psalm 138, when I called you, answered me, you made me bold and stout-hearted. Kind of thought we might do that today. Pray for boldness. It's kind of where we're leading up to. Of course, uh, there's a catch. There's always a catch. Why would God give us boldness if we're not prepared to actually step out, seize the opportunity? I think we have to make a commitment to say, I will, as you give me that opportunity, I will step out and I will receive that boldness that you promise to share the good news of the gospel. Mm. Acts 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. He's speaking. God the Holy Spirit is working. It's a little outworking of boldness. Then the master, this is Luke 14, then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. Uh, In the authorised version, it used the word compel. When you go back to the meaning of that, how about this? It doesn't sound nice. Oh dear. It's really not very English. Bless my soul. Urge. This is how otherwise you could translate it. Urge, 
implore, persuade, pressure, and force. Hmm. Well. It's a long way removed from from saying I I hope I, I won't offend you, um, but I, I'd, I'd like to say I'm a Christian. <laughs> the instruction is compel. That kind of goes with boldness. And I think it speaks more of our expectation and of our positioning than it does of kind of being um, obnoxious, nasty. Because we still have to demonstrate the heart and love of God. To actually press through. Quickly, I wonder what the result could be. Uh, been fishing all night, not caught a thing. Lower your nets on the other side. Remember the story? You catch a boatload of fish. Very bold to do what he says. Very exciting to see what doing what he says produces. Quickly uh, and necessary to make that decision to be bold before we ever come to it. We have to remember that the message that we have is about Jesus, about the cross, and about him being raised from the dead. We have to really kind of ban the what if, what if I upset them, what if they don't like it, what if... It doesn't go down well. The kind of curse of the what if will get in the way of doing what God is speaking to us about at the moment. We have to ask and expect the Holy Spirit to help us. There are some things corporately I think we've stepped out boldly. We heard God say uh, and give us a mandate to see a nation changed. We, we move forward step by step on that with that expectation. But I'm talking here not just about the things that we might do uh, corporately, but what we might do individually. Because there's always the, well, I might... If I speak out, I might ruin um, the practical examples that we're already demonstrating. You know, if I speak out and others see that people are not living the very thing that I'm talking about. If I speak out, it kind of, kind of raises the stakes. And of course, we have to be careful not to get infected by secular views. You know, um, 
we live in a world where there's a, a strong idea. It's called universalism. All roads lead to God. And actually, if you're sincere with what you believe, then that's okay. It's not okay. There is only one way. There is only one route. And that is the route of Jesus Christ dying on the cross and being raised again on the third day. That's the message we've got. I don't think that we can hide it under a bushel. I believe that God is calling us to a time where we need to be ready, able, willing to speak out as well as to continue with the importance of demonstrating the love of God. All right, we're going to pray. Uh, this will be praying for boldness. And my suggestion is you don't bother to get involved with this unless you're prepared in that moment that God will give you to take the step. Yeah? Uh, make your decision. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're taking us according to how you want us to be. You're equipping us for life in the land, life in the broad place. Uh, you're taking us step by step into understanding of your purpose and equipping us and teaching us. And we thank you for all those things. But we also, Lord, want to be those who are uh, embracing, not just hearers, but doers of the word. And so at this time, uh, Lord, we look to you that you will give us divine encounters, moments when we know, uh-oh, this is the point where I can move out in boldness. And Lord, into that place, for each one that's saying, yes, I want that, we ask now that you would cause them to know your boldness, that which you give, that which you equip, that which you always provide when you tell us to do something. In the name of Jesus.